0: You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, I will be recapping the offensive and defensive players over the last two practices, day two and day three at the Senior Bowl. My thoughts on how certain guys performed, who's helped themselves, who's maybe hurt themselves a little bit. I will also be wrapping up today's show with just a brief update on how the Notre Dame hockey team is currently doing as they are... Hovering around 500 currently on the season. Before we get into that, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island. Ryan will not be joining me today. Uh, he recently, uh, his wife recently gave birth to their daughter, which congratulations, Ryan. Wishing you um, congratulations, as I said, and hoping everything continues to go well. It seems like everything is going well. And you'll get to hear from Ryan again soon. Not exactly sure when, but we're obviously going to give Ryan plenty of time to get situated and settled after he had his, his first child. Getting into the Senior Bowl, though, I know Ryan's going to be missing out on talking about this stuff, and he was excited to discuss it, and I'm going to, of course, uh, take that opportunity away from him. The offensive players, we've got four guys that I want to cover here, and I want to open up with talking about Ian Book. You might remember at the beginning of the week, I was very negative and critical of Ian Book. I even went, went as far as to say before the week that he wasn't going to do very well and that he was going to look bad against the other guys on his squad. I also gave him a hard time for his size, the way that he measure, measured in, and, and I kept mentioning how he's just not going to look like an NFL-ready quarterback compared to these guys. And after watching him over the last two days, I will admit, I will admit when I'm wrong, and I think Ian has outplayed my expectations. And I don't believe Ian has has played at a level that is gonna turn him into a second round pick. That's just not going to happen. But some of the bits and pieces that I saw from Ian Book were really promising. A number of really good throws in live drills, seven on seven on point with his passes he did benefit from some missed coverages and some wide open receivers but there was one play in particular where he hit the Boise State tight end over Dalen Hayes ironically for a really good touchdown during the red zone period and that throw was the one where I was like all right I gotta I gotta say some positive things about Ian Book because he really has proven me wrong so far and and those various throws just some being overall consistent, I think, really helps his case right now as the best quarterback on his squad. Felipe Franks, Sam Ellinger, they are far more of a project than Ian Book is going to be. And teams are going to draft either of those guys, maybe thinking they can use them in some capacity. Sam Ellinger could be used in a Taysom Hill capacity, that's for sure, because he's built like a like a fullback But both of these guys have been all over the place. There were some throws that I watched where I I was just like, where was that going? How was that even supposed to be going to the receiver that was in in that area? But Book, at the same time, while these guys are messing up, has just remained consistent. Consistently connecting with his guys. Finding open receivers. And it's not like he's launching 70-yard passes and doing crazy stuff. He's not having like like a Justin Herbert type week who had a really good week last year. He's just doing well. He's not making huge mistakes that are hurting him like the other two guys on his squad. And the other last piece that goes into this that helps his case is that he continues to flash a willingness and ability to create plays outside of structure. There's a couple plays, if you go back and watch the tape, where he will do what he, we've seen him do in games. If there's an open lane, he takes it. And ultimately, whoever decides to draft Ian Book is not going to do it on the basis that they think Ian Book is going to turn into a mid-round developmental guy that will turn into an all-pro player. It's just not going to happen with a six-foot quarterback with limited arm strength. However, teams are going to be excited about a guy that is consistent and, as we've talked about, keeps your team on schedule, doesn't make critical mistakes, and can work away from pressure. He's probably not going to step in and start a game. He's probably going to be a backup. But when he does have to play, he's probably not going to throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns. But he can come in if he has to start for you. Somewhere in his career, along the lines of like 200, 250 yards. He'll be able to produce games like that. And that's what what whoever's going to go and draft Ian Book is going to get. Aaron Banks, who we've mentioned as a player who could eventually turn into a day two pick, a high quality day two pick. Some people believe Trey Smith has struggled a little bit, the Tennessee guard. So that might help Aaron Banks. But as we said on the first day of practice and we talked about that first day on the Thursday show, Banks has been a little bit up and down. Not super consistent, but when you see the good stuff that he does, we're reminded again and again why some team is going to draft him as a guy that they believe that they can plug in and start and contribute right away. He's not going to be as high ceiling as some of these other interior guys but he, he is the pinnacle of consistency. He's still not the best interior lineman in the class. I mean, Creed Humphrey has really shown why he's probably going to be a first-round pick, um, the center out of Oklahoma. But Banks, there's a number of plays, some past pass, uh, one-on-one reps where he's maintained really good balance, lower body strength, did not allow forward progression, Others, not that consistent, a little bit off balance. His footwork isn't great. Sometimes he'll stop his feet. But the good reps reminds us what you can get with him, and he he has more good than bad from these one-on-one reps. Robert Hainsey continues to be an interesting name to discuss. And the conclusion I came with Hainsey, and I don't think this will sway after watching Friday's practices as I'm recording this on Thursday – And when I watch the game, the game really is not going to do much for my my opinions over any of these guys, but Hainzey at guard, not good. Robert Hainsey is probably not going to be a very good guard in the NFL. You can see the length issues. He just doesn't fit there. But, and I tweeted this out watching Robert Hainsey, and when I went back and rewatched the tape, watching Robert Hainzey play center, I was intrigued. I was legitimately intrigued. He was snapping well, which is more important than you might think. But because of his size and the way that he's built, I thought he did a pretty good job dealing with those bigger interior rushers. Those bigger interior defensive linemen. There were a number of reps where I was like, wow, Robert Hainsey, okay. I see what you're doing. So I I think that Robert Hainsey has helped himself Probably not to an extent where he's going to, again, like I've said with these other guys, he's not going to shoot up two rounds in draft stock. But he'll probably earn himself an opportunity to make a roster as a center and a swing guard if you need him to be a backup guard. Overall, he's done a pretty good job. And then lastly, Ben Skorodek, nothing really has changed here from what we've talked about. Uh, Just has not really done much on the field to be impressive um, and just overall, we're going to stick with what we've talked about him being primarily a special teams guy, a back end roster guy. Things are going to kind of stick with that narrative. Coming up, I'm going to talk about Dalen Hayes and Ade Ogendiji. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you folks about Bet Online. Are we ready for some football? The Super Bowl is right around the corner coming up next weekend. And we all know that people love to bet. They do those those fun betting pools with when you're with your friends and your family. But why would you do those when you could have some more fun on Bet Online? And if you're gonna bet, there's only one place that you should trust, and that is Bet Online. There's only one place that has you covered and one place to trust, sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use promo code locked on for your fifty percent welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, get in on the action, and don't forget to use promo code On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the bigger stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button for our show as well and leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy listening to Locked On Irish. So we've got two more players that I want to talk about. The two defensive guys, the two defensive linemen, Adiogandiji playing more of a hand-in-the-dirt role at the Senior Bowl. Dalen Hayes, got to see him do some more coverage stuff. He's been covering some tight ends, playing a little bit off-ball stand-up, but he's also been rushing in these one-on-one drills. So they've used him to the capacity that we've expected where he's going to be a stand-up outside linebacker, a Marcus Golden type, maybe a Kyler Fackrell type is another uh, comp for that position, the way that they're going to play. And Dalen Hayes, what you see from him is he's not outright dominating guys in these drills. He's not completely blowing people away and and blowing past people to a point where People are in absolute awe. But the one thing that has continually stood out for me with Dalen Hayes, and I said this the other day, watching two more days of one-on-ones, is his motor. He has always been a high-motor guy, a hard-working player. And what I was seeing from him in these reps is that he might not initially win them. But what helps him out in these situations And the reason why he's able to finish the reps strong in a position to pressure a quarterback. Obviously, there's no quarterback in these one-on-one drills, just a guy holding a football. He is constantly moving, constantly fighting. And sometimes in these reps, you'll see offensive linemen that are satisfied with, they kick set, they slow down an outside edge rusher, and once they feel like they've kind of slowed them down They then let up a little bit. And when Dalen Hayes, you've seen on a couple of these reps where he's noticed that he continues to fight and grind and that's how he finishes. Just entirely throughout. All three to five seconds, he is busting his ass. And that is going to be what Dalen Hayes needs to do to earn himself an opportunity to be on an NFL roster. And he's going to get that opportunity. We've talked about him on possibly becoming a day two pick and it feels like what we've seen so far from dalen hayes has solidified at least a third round grade on him we were talking about uh maybe late third early fourth somewhere on day three if that doesn't happen but i believe what we've seen in him come to play against this group at the senior bowl which there are some Some pretty good tackles out there. He has solidified the fact that he is capable of being a third-round pick, and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good spot for Dalen Hayes to go. For him to land there with a number of other really talented edge rushers in this class, Quincy Roche, Gregory Rousseau, Joseph Asai, Jason Owe. That's a lot of guys already, and not all of them are going to be first-rounders. Dalen Hayes could be the diamond in the rough, just a hardworking guy that you can deploy on various situations in his first year or so until he gets comfortable and a little bit more ready. And the the other name that I obviously have mentioned, Adi Ogundigi, I've seen mixed reviews on Adi on social media. From what I noticed seeing him is continuous flashes, and that was something that Ryan had said on the Thursday show. And it came to full fruition watching him on Wednesday and Thursday. And I fully understood what Ryan really meant with that. Because you'd see a rep where he uses his length and his leverage so well that he immediately beats a guard or some of the tackles that he's gone against. Like really quickly beats them, plays done really good rep fantastic rep and it's like wow that looked really good that is the you know what we expected from Adi who has really long arms and is strong is powerful quick twitch but then there's reps where you'll see him get completely stalemated like no creativity hands don't do anything gets caught there was one rep where he just got stopped before he could even make it a yard upfield like it was a yard or two yard and a half and he completely got stalemated by the guard he was going against shut down could not go anywhere because of the mixed bag and the volatility of the the outcomes of those plays that's where what I'm talking about here is that you're getting flashes but not consistent play and Overall, Adi has probably helped himself out where some team might be willing to draft him higher than where we had him before, which was as a day three pick. But he could be higher if he put those plays out there more often during these drills. And he just didn't. I saw a tweet that was floated out there that he might be a late first rounder. No, that's, that's just not true. There are a number of other interior guys. That are gonna go before Adi Ogandigi does. And there's nothing wrong with that. Adi's gonna have a really good opportunity to play somewhere, and he's probably gonna have a pretty good career. But late first round after a senior bowl, no, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. The only way that you can move up from a day three grade, a maybe a late day two. I don't I didn't I don't have draft grades for these guys. Ryan would, NFL draft Bible would. But to go from an early day three to late first round just from a senior bowl, you'd have to win every single rep. You'd have to completely dominate every single play in one-on-ones, in team, in red zone, all of that stuff. You would have to explode on every single play. That requires a huge jump. And I didn't see anybody talking about him as a second-round prospect. Nobody. There's a lot of other defensive tackles that are going to go before him. I've seen a lot of other guys being mocked ahead of him, being projected ahead of him. He's not really in the top five right now. Maybe he's on the outside of the top 10 or right on the edge of the top 10 after this week. We'll have to see what happens with Adi. We're definitely rooting him on and Dalen, who both came on the show. And thank you again for both of them for coming on. And we really appreciated hearing from them. And it's very interesting getting to see them play and the performances that that they've had. It also is satisfying knowing that we've talked to these two guys and they're right now the ones creating some serious buzz um, for what's going on down there in Mobile. Standing out amongst the group. That's the key here, standing out. Coming up, I'm going to wrap up today's show with a just a, a quick fill-in on what's happening with the Notre Dame hockey team. Not going to go too deep on it, but just want to fill you in so you know how the team's doing. They're a little bit under 500, and I'm going to explain some of the things that have happened over the last few weeks. Some of the crazy stuff, uh, some of the disappointing things. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the perfect bar. For the health-conscious guy, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. The peanut butter bar in particular, which I absolutely love, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and then 5 grams of net carbs. And as somebody who, as you know, former college athlete, current NFL free agent, I'm recovering from... Um, a torn pec and surgery and all that. And it's been a long process. And my priority during this month's span since October has been eating clean and eating right and not eating junk. And it's not easy. There were some spurts where I thought I was eating right or just was eating inconsistently. And I think a big thing that comes down to it, some of these bars which I I like to grab bars when I finish working out, are filled with so much junk. And since I got my free box of Built Bar, it has been so different. I have actually felt satisfied and not hungry after a workout. It fills me up and it tastes good. It is the perfect bar. And guys, if you're like me and you're worried about what you're eating, go buy some. You'll understand what I'm talking about. You will see results and you'll feel better. Go to builtbar.com and use locked on uh, code locked on. And you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use promo code locked on for twenty percent off at builtbar.com. Oh. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the new Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, as we try to do every Friday, but whenever there's something that pops up, this inevitably gets bumped. But we're going to talk about... The Notre Dame hockey team, right now, 7, 8, and 1. Been a little bit inconsistent right now, and they've
1: been sliding in and out of that 20th spot in the country, which is a really good spot to be in, as we're really not that far away from the NCAA tournament, also the Big East tournament. There are some current reschedules that are, are on the board from what it looks like. But we've got about like a month left of this hockey season. Very similar to basketball. It's going to be wrapping up soon. And the, the update that I want to provide here that has been really frustrating is the Notre Dame hockey team had two fantastic games the weekend of the 15th and the 16th. And we didn't get to touch base because there were some big news headlines that, that happened that week that we had to, to go into full detail on. On the 15th and the 16th, they swept Minnesota. And you might be wondering, oh, what does that mean? Minnesota was the number one ranked team in the country at that time. 3-2, 2-1 were the scores of the games that they won. And a lot of people around the program, and you saw on social media, I don't know if you followed the hockey team on Twitter, it's a great follow. A lot of people are like, dang, this, this team beat the number one team in the country. Oh, they're, they're going to pick up some steam. And most of the record kind of came from before that where they were under 500. Came from like win-loss, win-loss, win-tie. Just like a bunch of random outcomes, sporadic ones, not really stringing together consistency. So you'd see those two wins and you're excited because you beat the number one team in the country at Minnesota, in Minneapolis. But what then becomes frustrating is last weekend... They play against rival Michigan, who in any sport, you play Michigan, you want to take those dudes down. They lost both of those games and scored a combined two goals in two games. 5-1, which was sloppy. You don't want to lose any game 5-1. That is not a good scoring total. Uh, and you're getting smoked with that total. And then 3-1 is was the other game. To go from... Dominating and and playing really well against the best team in the country to to now losing to Michigan is extremely frustrating. It seems like Michigan has a tendency to have Notre Dame's number. Um, Notre Dame previously swept them back in November, and it looks like they wanted some, some revenge for that. Both of those games at home for Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame needs to get their feet back underneath them. They're playing this weekend. They're actually playing tonight as I'm recording this on Thursday, January 28th, and then Friday when you're listening to this on the 29th. They're playing Penn State, both of these games. That is in University Park in Pennsylvania, 6 o'clock. If you have the Big Ten Network or Big Ten Plus, you should tune in. Both of those games are going to be good games. The following week, they have a game against Ohio State, two of them, the 5th and the 6th, and then they've got like a little bit – uh, a stretch of games, so they're in a position where they can actually finish this season fairly strong, in a spot where they can do well in their tournament in the postseason play for the Big East. Sorry, the um, or the Big Ten rather, and then be in a position to win and make it to the tournament. And you just need to get into the tournament. It's it's a much smaller playing field than college basketball if you if you don't know much about it. That is all we have for today's episode, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate the support as always. If you want to reach out to Ryan and congratulate him at Rise and Draft, make sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon at Locked on Irish. Monday, we will be providing a final show covering the Senior Bowl. And lastly, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked On Today or Locked On Bets.
0: We'll talk to you on Monday, folks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.